children need to have clarity in the relationship and have boundaries. But here's the deal. When we try to control their behavior, we also then have to control their feelings. Mm. And then we also have to control their thoughts. Uh. That is how behavior is driven. We, we have a thought, it drives our feelings, our feelings drive our behavior. So if you have more than one child, you, I mean, you're trying to control everybody's thoughts. <laughs> I'm trying to control all the thoughts in my house. <laughs> no wonder we are exhausted and overwhelmed, right? Um, and so relationship-based practice is really about expanding our emotional awareness. What's up, ladies? Welcome back to the Just Realized podcast. It's Katie, your favorite podcaster and personal stylist. You know, this is your favorite girl boss talk podcast where we talk all things, right? So we're multifaceted women with many dimensions and lots of needs. So today... I am bringing you something slightly different. Last week, I went all in, like all in, into personal styling, some myths, some tips, some tricks, what it really means to have a personal stylist and who it's really for. And I got amazing, amazing feedback from you guys. And I learned so much myself and I hope you guys did too. But if you haven't listened yet, check out that podcast because today we're taking a slightly different direction. And of course, you know, I found a way to weave in style as I do with everything. But today I have an interview for you from a really dear friend, an amazing, amazing woman who just constantly inspires me with how she diligently shows up every single day, even when it feels scary. And it is someone that I call a friend now, Diane Sorensen, and she is a parenting guru, right? A parenting coach. And she runs a program called Beauty and Behavior, where she really introduced parents' parents to a different way of thinking and um, raising their children. And it's really rooted in relationship-based parenting. And I just love the way she thinks. And there's tons of new resources out there on like mindful parenting or conscious parenting or whatever it is. But, you know, I love Diane because she's lived this, she's breathed this, she's repaired her own relationships with her grown um, children. And she talks about that and she gets open and vulnerable about that on our podcast today. And we try to go really deep into what it means to live in this relationship-based parenting. I asked questions that kicked up for me. Funny enough, like so many different things came up for me and we really dig into it. But at the crux of this, we get into the one thing that you already know is the thing is that it has to start with yourself. So Diane and I are teaming up. And once you get through the workshop, if you, I mean, through the workshop, (laughs) through the podcast, if you are in love and you just can't wait to learn more, Diane is opening the doors to her beauty and behavior program. Um, And if you sign up by March 29th, guess what you get? You get a free consultation with yours truly. Because her and I both agree that it really, really, really starts with yourself. And it really starts with the relationship that you have with yourself. And that 
relationship-based parenting, relationship, anything, doesn't matter if that relationship with yourself is not strong. So I am super, super excited to step into this journey, to support her, to support you ladies. You guys know my journey is like everybody else's. And I talk about this on my podcast all the time about um, going into personal styling as a profession and really, really finding my soul's calling has been fucking amazing. But it also just cracks me up that it took me this long to get here. And I have the same story as everybody else. Like I went to school for fashion. Like this is what I've always been passionate about. It is a thing that is literally bringing me joy. Always does. I really can't envision a life without it going forward. But just like everyone else, I have found myself in style ruts. I have found myself not knowing who the fuck I am, especially what my personal style was. And that for me really was rooted in having kids. Like I completely lost myself after having kids. And I don't know if I ever really got back until recently. So we talk about that a lot. And that's why I feel so called to support her and to support her program and offer up this free consultation as part of a bonus for anyone who signs up because I am just so passionate about helping everyone step forward into this new, new beautiful space. And I just believe that every woman deserves to be confident so that we can take care of ourselves and so that we can just create this next generation of amazing women because as much work as we get done, we all know that they will face their own set of challenges and roles and rules and new things that um, come for them. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode and I will stop rambling and hand it over. Enjoy this episode today on relationship-based parenting with Diane Sorensen. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. So today I have another really, really good interview for you and I'm really, really excited and we're going to like switch things up a little bit and we're going to talk about parenting and being a mom because you guys know that's a huge part of my life and it's a huge part of all of my clients' lives and being a mom is just another layer. I think it's the biggest layer <laughs> to all of the things that define us and it's been particularly challenging in 2020 for women across the country for many different reasons. And I feel like women got thrown into a different thing that we weren't expecting with like homeschooling and still as a society, we haven't come far enough. We still put that on to the mom. And so I'm still unraveling that and working through that. So I wanted to bring on Diane Sorensen today. So thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, Katie, for having me. I'm really excited. And me too. I'm super excited. So Diane is a parenting guru and the creator of Beauty and Behavior Program, which is a relationship-based parenting program, correct? Yes, that yes. is correct. Oh, I'm so excited for this conversation because I need all of the help. <laughs> But really quick um, background, I believe that you and I met, I think we were on some, probably in some like coaching calls together. You might even been a guest in the, some of the communities I've been in in the past, but then we got to actually meet in Detroit um, in the beginning of 2020, which is like my famous line because every single interview I've done was like, remember that time in Detroit <laughs> when we could see people in real life? <laughs> right. That was almost the, the end of all of that. Yeah. Right before the pandemic. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, so that's how we met and we've been in touch pretty much the whole time and we work together and support each other all the time on so many different things. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Diane and your work. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, I am a mother of three growing children and three stepchildren. I'm a grandmother of 13 um, grandchildren and all of our blendedness. Um, and I am a former teacher um, and a former, I was, I also um, filled in the role as behavior specialist um, in our early childhood uh, program. And so I stepped into teaching other staff and teachers about relationship-based practices. Um, and I still train others in our um, early childhood professionals in our community on this approach. And I am now uh, coaching parents um, in this approach in what you were talking about, Katie, in the beauty and behavior uh, program. Okay. That's awesome. First, I want to say that my mother-in-law would be super jealous of your 13 grandchildren. <laughs> she only has five and she's always once more. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. You should have more kids because I'm done. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is amazing. I'm super, super excited to have this conversation because it's something I don't talk about a lot on my podcast. And it's something I actually is vulnerable and it's wide open. I am with all of my stuff. The one thing I don't talk about a lot is my daughter and some of the struggles that she had when she was younger and still continuing to uh, work through and having to work through that with um, teachers and healthcare providers and specialists and different things like that. And it is a fucking nightmare if your kid doesn't fall into this like cookie cutter, perfect, mm -hmm. perfect child. And it's really hard as a parent when you have one who just blows through and fits that mold and then one that doesn't. So I'm really, really excited for this conversation today. And I'm sure that a lot more people probably relate to that than we know or that we share because again, like when I heard you talking I was like, God, I don't think I actually talk about, you know, Chloe and some of the things that we've gone through with her. A lot. And maybe I should share more so people don't feel alone, but I'm too busy worried and talking about myself on my podcast. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about what, like, what does that mean? Like, what is relationship-based parenting? And yeah, just go. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, this is my favorite subject. So thank you for having me and allowing me to share um, with you and your audience. So when I talk about um, relationship-based practices, what I'm talking about is um, relationship-based practices focuses on the relationship. Um, it's a more conscious approach to feeling secure and connected within that relationship and using problem solving to meet the needs of those in the relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a healthier approach, in my opinion, than what many of us have been programmed to through traditional um, discipline practices. Mm -hmm. It's really a um, developing more emotional awareness. Um, and what is, it's really understanding what is happening inside ourselves, our own inner world, because when we 
start to understand that, we can better understand our children uh, because behavior is driven from the inside. Um, and traditionally, we focus on those external behaviors because that's what we see. Mm-hmm. And we then attach a story to it to make sense of it. Um, and that drives our reactions. Um, and so it's really understanding that those behaviors are coming from the inside and getting to the root of the behaviors rather than uh, trying to take care of the symptom, trying mm-hmm. to get rid of the symptom. It's kind of like taking medication for a symptom you have, like for a rash. And the rash goes away, but then it keeps coming back all the time because you're not getting to the root of it. And so that's causing the rash. Yeah. With behaviors. Traditionally, we try to stop or avoid um, the behavior. And a lot of times it does work in that moment. But the problem is the behavior keeps coming back all the time because the root. And that's what relationship based practices is all about. So when you say it's on the inside, do you um, mean like, is it tied to your emotions and emotions that you're having? Absolutely. Yeah. Because here's the deal with traditional discipline practices, we focus on that element of control or compliance. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And we've been programmed to believe through society that weak parents or adults control children, especially parents. I think there's an enormous um, amount of pressure on parents to make their children behave. Oh yeah. And <laughs> we were judged on how well we make children behave. And it's enormously, enormously stressful um, on parents and children because one of the things is it's impossible so we're judging ourselves and others and we're beating ourselves up about something that we're not actually able to possibly do contrary to popular belief that we do control other people especially our children (laughs) we do not um and so The more pressure we feel as parents, the harder we tend to be on our children. And the Mm -hmm. harder we are on our children, the more acting out behaviors we we get. And that cycle just keeps going. Um, And so what what relationship-based practices is all about is ending that cycle, changing those generational that generational cycle of those generational patterns. Yeah. So that's so funny because when you were talking, a couple things came up for me is one, I can particularly remember this day in the grocery store where Chloe was a kid that always threw a temper tantrum. Like she was my temper tantrum kid. And actually I can remember a couple instances and it was horrifying because people were just like looking at me. They were like, you know, does she need a snack? You know, does she need this? I'm like, no, she just doesn't want to fucking be here. Either do I. <laughs> and she would just like lose her mind if we were not doing exactly what she wanted to do. And that was the worst part is I was like, everybody's judging me and I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good mom. But I just had this aha moment when you were talking, going back to like what I was saying in the very beginning, I was like, 
the reason I don't talk about all the things that she's going through on the podcast is because once I actually started doing the work on myself, our relationship completely changed. And well, she's mostly probably outgrown the temper tantrums, but our relationship and her relationship with herself is completely different because I am a completely different person. And when I think back to that little girl throwing that temper tantrum in that store, and I think back to the mom I was, neither one of us are the same people. And I can really start to see the correlation between my growth and her growth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very, um, you know, parenting is a very intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's so much judgment around it. Um, and that's really one of our biggest barriers in, in, I believe, in parenting is the judgment we put, that others put on us, but that we also put on ourselves in that worry of what other people are going to think. Um, oh, my God. And so it's it can be terrifying to talk about our experiences our with parenting because we kind of try to put on this like well everything's okay over here at least this is what I did in my experience Mm -hmm. I was a complete you know the image I I portrayed as a parent and what was really happening behind closed doors was completely different um and I think that was a probably a lot about because I had a lot of shame um and guilt around around parenting Um, And I know that I'm not alone in this. No, I think um, I want to talk about mom guilt because I feel like mom guilt is what actually triggered me to even begin my podcast. And when I was having that like little itch of like, oh, I want to start a podcast. I want to start a podcast. That's ultimately what I thought that I wanted it to be about was mom guilt. But then I just realized that that was the problem or that was the what the result of like all these crazy things were and that was actually what was really holding me back so I didn't really want to focus on that I wanted to just focus on all the different ways to beat it but before we dig into mom guilt one thing I really want to talk about what you were saying is like it changes the way and like these generational thoughts and belief patterns and you use the word like compliance and the word almost submissive comes up for me a little bit but I feel like until so I even do this with my kids so you know, my parents, you listen to your parents is what you did, right? Like I even remember my dad and which he didn't really enforce this, but this is what he would say to us that his parents said to him was you're seen and not heard. You know, all these old things that people would say about kids and like kids don't have any feelings. You don't, you know, when you're old enough, then you can do this. When it's your car, you can listen to whatever the hell you want on the radio station. Like kids get absolutely no respect. And then we want them to do every single thing that we tell them to do all based off of our day and our experience at work. I mean, I've experienced this in the pandemic with my own depression and finding myself and completely just thinking my son was okay. Meanwhile, he's having his own bout of figuring out who the fuck he is in online middle school, like going to middle school for the first time. And it's in his bedroom and little girls that he has crushes on can see his bedroom, you know, just like things I never thought of, or now that they're in school, like, you know, they can't see their, his mustache because the mask is covering it. But I never thought about that because I'm worried about myself. Yeah. So when I think what kicks up for me a little bit and what I, what I used to believe in some of the things that have shifted for me is when someone says, Oh, it's relationship based parenting. I think immediately people freak out of like, well, now my kid's not going to listen to me. And how do I stay that authority figure or how do I teach my kids to 
respect authority figures if now we just have a relationship and I even struggle with this sometimes like my son will say things and I'm like I would never say that in front of my mom like I and I feel like I have to remind him like I'm your mom (laughs) why are you Mm -hmm. saying that in front of me so when parents I'm assuming have that reaction of like oh my god but I can't let go of the control like how do you like move through that and how do you, we tackle that piece of that releasing of the control and everything you were ever taught? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, relationship-based practices, um, you might also know it as conscious parenting or conscious discipline or mindful parenting. You know, it all basically means the same thing. Um, we are in a relationship with our children. And when we talk about, you know, the generations um, prior, we uh, we were in a lot of roles. Like you, you mentioned the belief that children were to be seen and not heard. That was a role that children were put in. And at it, in a time of society, everybody kind of agreed to that. It's the same thing with women. At one time in our history, women played a role and it, their role was to stay at home, nurture children and do all the domestic work. Mm-hmm. And were put in a role. They, their role was to go out and uh, provide for the family. Mm-hmm. So is, are women still in that same role? No. No. <laughs> are men still in that same role? No. No. Um, and so why are children in the same role? I like that. You know, like our, that. Over the generations, our re- world has completely changed and our family dynamics have completely changed. And yet we're still trying to use the same uh, discipline practices with our children. And we're finding that it is not helpful in the relationship. And so to have a relationship doesn't mean uh, that we just do whatever we want because that wouldn't be helpful in a relationship. Children need to have clarity in the relationship and have boundaries. But here's the deal. When we try to control their behavior, we also then have to control their feelings. Mm. And then we also have to control their thoughts. Uh. That is how behavior is driven. We, we have a thought, it drives our feelings, our feelings drive our behavior. So if you have more than one child, you, I mean, you're trying to control everybody's thoughts. <laughs> I'm trying to control all the thoughts in my house. <laughs> no wonder we are exhausted and overwhelmed, right? Um, and so relationship-based practices really like I kind of said at the beginning, it's about um, expanding our emotional awareness because in generations before, I mean, emotional awareness, emotional intelligence really did not come around until the 1990s. Um, And so before that, we didn't have role model, you know, we weren't taught about emotions. And so now in this age of time that we're in, we are seeing through the research, through neurology, that um, a lot of our um, traditional practices uh, are really working against the brain. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's important to know what's going on inside um, and how that drives behavior, because a lot of our traditional practices are based in fear, right? Yes. Um, well, if you don't do this, I'm going to take this away. Or, you know, um, and over the ages that that how we discipline has changed some, but that foundation of we got to create some fear to get them to do what we want has stayed the same. Absolutely. And yeah. so we now know that fear is a barrier to having healthy relationships and to learning. And so um, we're kind of, um, we're, a lot of times we're part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I just literally like, okay, the interview's over. Everybody go sign up for Diane's program. <laughs> because I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> My mind is just blown because like you said, and I I know that, so you only know what you know, right? And so all absolutely, of the- absolutely. And absolutely, yeah. you know, so here's the deal too. So you talked about how do we let go of control and how do we just change? So what our go-to usually is, is blame, right? Oh yeah. We're not going to blame, you know, the generations before us or our parents or ourselves. Mm-hmm. Not about blame. It's not, it's nobody did anything wrong. We're not doing anything wrong. We absolutely do what we know, what we've experienced. Yeah. And it's all it is, is an, a willingness to become open to learning about something else. And it's not about dropping all the control. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's not about dropping anything and it's not about wrong or right and and I say this all the time that you know we're conditioned for this wrong or right right we're conditioned to split the world in two mm-hmm. there's the good there's the bad yeah. there's the right the wrong the win the lose mm-hmm. the less than better than the deserving and the undeserving and so we get very defensive against the group we don't want to be put in the group of the bad the less than the inadequate and deserving right yeah and so we're very defensive about that but what this is about is um just being open to another way because i am proof <laughs> that there is another way <laughs> um and that it's never too late because i came into this type of um, looking at children through a different scope because of my uh, experience as a parent, because of my experience as a teacher Mm -hmm. and dealing with behaviors on both ends, both professionally and personally. And by the time I came into this, my children were already grown. My children were young adults. Um, And our relationships have very much changed. And, um, and I used it in a classroom with children who um, were at risk. And so we used, we had lots and lots of behaviors. And what happened was people would come in like, people from the outside, like supervisors and whatnot, mm-hmm. will come into the classroom and in and the 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 coolest thing for me is that they would say it feels different. 
That is awesome. Mm-hmm. It feels different. The culture of the classroom change. And so what I'm telling parents is the culture of the home can change. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. But the thing is too, is that we don't just switch. Yeah. Right. It's not even about, I don't even ask parents to stop doing whatever you're doing. Just learn some new things and pick up one thing. Yeah. And once you get good at that, pick up something else. And what will happen is that the old stuff over time will naturally fall away. And you'll look back and go, oh, I don't even do that anymore. Or I don't use that anymore. Um, I love that. I love that. So it's funny is when I'm listening to this, it's relationship-based, right? So it reminds me a lot of marriage. So like, as you were talking, I was like, oh, I see a lot of parallels and some marriage therapy that we've been through in the last eight, a a while ago, we went through that to really get our marriage back on track after having kids. And we invested a shitload of time and effort into that. But hearing you talk, I was like, it feels very similar into like investing that same amount of time and energy into really hearing you know, your kids and listening to them. And well, of course, you know, you got me with the, you know, your thoughts create your feelings and your behaviors. Cause that's what I try to catch myself in daily so that I can <laughs> show up. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. My kids have that too. So like so and, much you know, good stuff. Here's the deal too, Katie, is that we are teaching our children, whether we're conscious about it or not. And most of the time we're not, Um, But we are teaching our children how to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. by what we're doing, whether, you know, this is just saying, well, let's consciously be in a relationship. So we recognize what it is we are modeling to them because like me, I mean, I model a lot of stuff to my children that I didn't want them to be doing, but I wasn't even aware. Yeah. I was modeling those things. Um, to them, you know, like we yell at them to quit yelling or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So when our children experience one thing and we tell them to do another, it's actually neurologically impossible for them to be experiencing something and then being told to do something else. They will do what they are experiencing. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I think that's why I kind of correlated back to the marriage thing, because I feel like you said, that's how you learn how to be in a relationship. And I felt myself doing that. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but in our marriage, I would see myself emulate things that I saw my parents do um, and their marriage. And I was like, Oh, I'm doing that. Cause I saw my mom do that. And I'm not even knowing and not even Absolutely. knowing until I sat back and was open-minded enough to, like you said, look at things a different way. And I was like, oh, well, that's just because like, that's comfortable for me. <laughs> that's not right. comfortable well, for and don't we all, we, we all have some version of the, I'm not going to do it the way my parents did. Oh, yeah. And, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, crap, I did all the things. Just like my parents. I should just go ahead and change my name. Yeah. Um, so one thing I really want to get into, I love that you said roles. So I'm taking back to you were saying like kids are in this role and how everyone's role has changed. And um, I'm trying to not stand all over my feminist soapbox right now, but I want to go back to women's roles. And like, that's really my mission in life. And why I do everything I do is to just make women feel amazing and powerful and super confident. 
and obviously having a daughter and then having a daughter that I know has even more challenges ahead of her is a big part of my why. (laughs) So women's roles have shifted and continue to shift. And men's roles are shifting too, because with women's shifts comes their shift. So they got to figure out their own stuff. But again, I can only speak to my experience of being a woman. I want to go back to that shifting role and women taking on different responsibilities and how now being in the home and only taking care of the kids is not our only responsibility. We have many responsibilities, which I just going to sum up and then my two favorite words, which are mom guilt. And can we like explore that a little bit and how I feel I could be speaking out of turn again. I'm only speaking my experience. I feel like mom guilt is something that now a lot of modern day women who do work and have kids and have all these things that we experience on a, maybe a different level than generations before us where women were home with all their kids all the time. So the guilt might look and feel different than it used to. And how does that play into relationship-based parenting? And for me, that goes back to my control, right? So like when I would travel a lot for my job prior to the pandemic and things like that, my mom guilt would be through the roof. So I'd come home and I'd let my kids do every and anything they wanted, or I would buy them things because I could, because I felt so guilty about working. And then this is where I use like the word control, but then I feel like, well, my kids have no respect for me. I'm like the fun dad on the weekend. (laughs) So can we talk a little bit about like mom guilt and like how that's come up and how that works in relationship-based parenting? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The mom guilt. Um, And I experienced a whole lot of that myself. Um, So, you know, as women, we you know, have our generations of being conditioned really to play small, to be quiet, to just be fit and pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, And what we're doing in our homes is taking a leadership role. We are leaders of our family in partnership with our partners. And and some are, are the sole leadership in, in our families. And so often, so often as women, as girls, we were placed in this pleasing role. And so many of us um, take on uh, being a pleaser, people pleasing, oh, yeah. uh, seeking approval. Uh, Validation. That's my right. too. <laughs> yes. Is this right? Am I doing it right? Is this the way? Yes. <laughs> comparing, right? Yes. And so, and we're nurturers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we're just naturally, oftentimes we're, we're the nurturers. And so, yeah, so now that our roles have switched, um, there can be a lot of guilt for, you know, I take my child to daycare. You know, they spend more time away from me. Yes, yes. Um, so that plays into a lot of mom guilt. Um, and also... I think some of those traditional practices that we use, I think there's somewhere within us, we know it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know how we felt as children. And so I think that plays into some of the mom guilt too, that, you know, I'm yelling at my children all the time. I don't know how to control that, you know, and, and so that plays plays into it um, as well. And so we've gotten the message 
that we are to give, 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 Mm -hmm. and we give till we're depleted and then we can't give anymore. And then we feel guilty about that. Right. (laughs) So the paradigm shift here is that we need to nurture ourselves. We can't nurture anybody else until we nurture ourselves. And I know Katie, that is what your podcast is all about is, is, um, taking care of ourselves. And and that is my message too, is understanding what is going on within you. What is, what are your thoughts about what, what is driving your feelings? How do we manage those feelings and how it drives our behavior? Yeah. I remember when my uh, daughter was younger and she needed physical therapy when she was around like nine months old. And I was like fully expecting this therapist come in and tell me all these things to do with my daughter and all I remember is the therapist telling me all the things that I (laughs) needed to do (laughs) and I was like what (laughs) how is this physical therapy like this is really just like how I needed to shift I mean of course she showed me a couple of techniques and things to help her physically but it was really about how I needed to shift my mindset and to think about it different. And then we could create those different things. When you were just saying that, that kind of yeah, mind shift is huge. And, yeah. you know, another thing that we do traditionally is we get this idea that we're supposed to take care of other people's feelings, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're supposed to say the right things and do the right things. Um, so other people aren't upset. But what we don't do, and then we, and then we think people should say the right things and do the right things, so we're not upset. Yes. The problem here is that nobody's taking responsibility for our own stuff, our own thoughts, our own feelings, and our own behavior. That is what we are responsible for, and others are responsible for their thoughts and feelings and behavior. Um, and so, boundaries is a huge, I think, issue in relationships. Um, that is a pattern that comes up over and over, um, because I think there's a misunderstanding, and, and with these roles shifting, who's responsible for what, and how, who's accountable for what, mm-hmm. and you have to know what you're responsible for in order to set boundaries, and you have to let go of the guilt in order to set boundaries too. Because if you're going to set boundaries, if if you're concerned how other people feel, if you set a boundary, you're not going to be able to set boundaries um, and, and follow through with them. And what children need is they need boundaries. They need that clarity um, because it's confusing when sometimes there's the boundary and sometimes there's not. And, you know, sometimes we're just too exhausted to hold up the boundary and we don't really know if we should be holding that boundary because they're upset about it. And, you know, oh, now you're speaking my language too exhausted <laughs> to hold up the boundary. Yes, that is definitely some really big work that I've had to do. But I like what you just said about like, if you think about it, like it's this role and like who's accountable for what. And as long as it's been clearly you know, communicated that everyone can step into that um, and own it. And then you can take some of the emotion out of it. I think if you've planned for that, that's what I kind of see for myself a little bit. Like you and I had this conversation and obviously I talk about this a ton on the podcast, like being fresh into entrepreneurship, right? There's a lot of big emotions, but I find when I plan out my weeks and I plan out my days and I know what I'm responsible for and I know, you know, what I need to be accountable for, 
it, even though every day I feel a little nervous or excited or both at the same time, right? Yeah, it helps know, like I can, and I don't use the word control again, but it helps me show up in a little bit of a different way because I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So it lessens it. So then I guess I'm getting the behavior that I want. Right. So there's a lot of parallels there I see um, between basically like, you know, your own, like, so how you want to be treated, the relationships that you want with everybody really extend to our children. And we just have never really seen our children in that light before, which I think is really amazing. Yeah, because, yeah, because then they're going to go out and they're going to learn how to be in relationships. Um, Because, you know, really controlling this controlling we do without the awareness of what we're doing to control that and how that impacts them is really dangerous. Um, Because like I said, a lot of times it puts them in one, one of two boxes, either to um, give up their own ideas and thoughts and Mm -hmm. feelings Mm -hmm. for somebody else and become what it is, whatever it is they need to be. Yeah. Or to be a resistor and rebel against any type of, um, you're not going to tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, and neither one of them create is healthy in any relationship. And, and, you know, and that's, I think what we really do want for our children, we want them to have healthy relationships. Um, and so I think we really need to look at what does a healthy relationship look like? That's great. So let's go back a little bit to like, I want to go a little bit deeper on the mom guilt thing. And I think that's exactly what you were just saying is like, what does a healthy relationship look like? And for me, it was always, what's that relationship with myself? And you had said how women just give and give and give. And so they literally can't give anymore, but we are never, we never give it back to ourselves. So I'm sure that you probably see that a lot. And a lot of your clients, what do you, but maybe it's boundaries, but outside of boundaries, is there like, one big like pinnacle moment that you know mom shows up and she's got like the biggest bag of mom guilt with her (laughs) and she's like how do I step into this like what's your like best advice or your number one thing for that woman that's dealing with the mom guilt is it to really just get back and check with herself um I think it's giving her the permission really Mm -hmm. to know that she is important enough to be taken care of. I love that. That is so good. That is so good. And that is, that was it for me. And it's so funny because starting this conversation, even what has been like the 35 minutes that we've been talking and I was like, huh, this is so weird. Well, how come I've never really talked about Chloe and you know, some of the issues that she had as a child. And then like, after having this conversation with you and talking through this, I was like, because this was really all about me. This was my permission and my space to grow as a woman so that when I do show up for her behind the scenes, it's different because I've been able to connect with women like you and share these um, you know, things that I'm learning with other women who probably feel exactly like I feel. And that's why it's not just about the mom guilt and permission is so powerful. So powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we are so afraid. We're so afraid we're going to mess up our kids. Right. Oh God. Yeah. And the more we're afraid of that, the more we focus on it and the more it grows. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. And um, our children are going to have their own journey and, and they get to, they get to have their own journey. And, you know, I think we, we've learned to try to be perfect at everything because we kind of learned that making a mistake was punishable. And I have to just quick tell you that I told you before that my children were already grown when I came into this and I've been doing this now for the last, I don't know, 13 years. And my oldest daughter now who's 36 is ready to take her own um, journey of healing her own childhood wounds. And had I not done this work, I would not be able to hold the space for her and hear her and see her mm -hmm. the way she needs me to do that now because I've done this work. Yeah, for sure. Um, so she, she gets to have a 10-year head start than what I had on it. And I hope that that continues to go down generations that you know, everybody gets to start at an earlier time. But um, yeah, so I guess my point is that our children are going to have their own journeys. It's not for us to decide um, how their journey is going to go, because there are a lot of other factors that come in. Um, what we can do is manage ourselves. Right. And take care of ourselves. That's the best gift that we can give to our children. That's great. So let's talk about taking care of ourselves, Diane. <laughs> I know that you and everyone else was waiting for how is Katie going to bring this back to taking care of yourself? So, you know, like we've been talking about it and I keep saying like how it, it just always comes back to me. And I just want to share a little funny story about this podcast and kind of like the birth of this podcast is... You and I had actually had this podcast scheduled for a while. I think it was even before the holidays, right? Yeah. And I had come to you and I said, I was like, Diane, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm right in this weird pivoting space. And I finally know how I can serve women. Like, you know, my big mission, obviously, is to make women feel to help women move. And I just never knew what that was. Like, what's my gift? Like, you know, you are the parenting person. Someone else is the health coach. Someone else is whatever it is. And I was like, ah, what is that thing for me? What is that thing for me? So when I finally figured it out, which was always right in front of me, and I came to this place of like helping women really find their personal style again and really define that, which is so funny for me because it's been exactly my journey. And I said, Diane, I just don't know. Like, I love you. This is so important. I want to have this conversation, but how do, does it fit into style? And like, how does it, you know, how does it fit on my podcast now that I'm like pivoting into this space? And you were like, well, the first thing women do is give up on themselves <laughs> and we stop taking care of ourselves and we stop getting dressed or we forget what our style is. And I've really come to this place of like, I see style as such a big part of that self-care of how I take care of myself, how I express myself. So like I'm doing all this amazing work to be this amazing person on the inside so that I can show up and have this great relationship with my child. And how do I express that is through looking and feeling good because like when I look good, I feel good on the inside and it takes me, 
you know, it helps me step into that space and just be such a better person. So, and it shifts the energy. Uh, Your kids are energy magnets. Yes. Yes. So I love that. And you were like, well, we can talk about how women just, this is a big part of it is how we just like give and give and, but we never give to ourselves. So I really, really love that. And it's really helped me become just an, I personally feel like I've become such a better mother because I feel so good in my own body. And would you kind of agree with your experience, uh, whether it's through style, finding your own style, taking, maybe it's just like getting your hair and nails done, like whatever that is for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When you can feel good about yourself, um, that changes everything. It changes the way you show up and then it changes your relationships. You know, I always tell people when I started focusing on myself and what I needed, it changed all of my relationships and nobody else did anything. Yeah. You know, they didn't do anything, but yet our relationships changed because I was showing up different. I was bringing a different energy. That's really true. Cause that's probably the number one thing that all of my clients say to me is it's their relationship with their spouse begins to shift because they feel more confident and they'll be, they'll just, they just walk different. They feel different. Um, and then another big one that a ton of my clients have been saying is like, when they go to work, someone will say like, what's gotten into you. And it's like, it's yeah. almost back to what you were saying about like the feeling and the culture. It's this abstract piece of thing that exists in your life, which I guess essentially is the energy of it that no one can really put their finger on, yeah. but it makes all the difference in the world. Right. Because you can't see energy, but you can feel it. I love that. So all of our moms out there who are working on their relationship-based parenting, just keep in mind, just keep working on themselves and doing the things that make them feel good, whether that's, you know, really leaning into how they dress, you know, for me also wearing lipstick is a big one, even though I'm recording this podcast fresh out of the gym, but Hey, that was to make <laughs> me feel good too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You did something for yourself. Exactly. So that I can show up and be amazing. This is great. And this is such an important conversation. And I still have like a thousand more questions, but what's like your number one piece of advice that you would want women to walk away with today and building this new relationship-based lifestyle? And then let's talk a little bit about how they can find you and work with you. Okay. So um, I guess the number one thing I would say is to start with a relationship with yourself because we don't really think about having a relationship with ourselves. but so many of us do not have a very good relationship with ourselves, right? We, yes. we, when we become aware of this voice in our head um, for me, and I know for a lot of others, it's, it was very critical, Um, And so start to become aware of your inner world. And you can do that by just taking five minutes out of a day. And and it could be a morning ritual. And and that's what I encourage people to do is um, start a little morning ritual, even if it's five minutes, to check in with yourself before you even start the day. Mm -hmm. And just notice, just notice what it feels to be like in your body. 
You know, we just are so rushed and so busy all the time. We have no idea how we feel. Um, And so start to recognize that you have these thoughts and you're not them. You're not your thoughts. They come and they go. Mm -hmm. You're not your feelings. They also come and go and they carry messages for us. So that would be the one big thing. And, And journal it. Journal, put your thoughts on paper. And I know a lot of times people um, resist that. Well, I don't know what to write. You you don't matter. You can write that. I don't know what to write. This is stupid. I hate this. Whatever. (laughs) Because after a while, you'll be surprised at what comes out because it's really your subconscious mind that comes out through onto the paper. Um, I know I have days where it's like, I don't know what to write. And I'll start in like 10 pages later. I'm like, oh, I guess there was. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that happens to me all the time. (laughs) I love that. Well, you are amazing and I fully subscribe to everything that you've said. It's really opened up my eyes to just a completely different way um, to show up as a mom. And I'm very excited for you and I'm very excited for everyone that works with you. And I just think there's so much to learn here. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing. So what do you have like going on right now? Um, how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in working with you or just even finding out more? Okay. Well, and, and I love this, that, um, we've teamed up together because like you said, we were, we were talking about how we both are so committed to helping women understand that they can put themselves first without yes. Um, and so we're te- I'm teaming up with with Katie, and um, so my the doors to my uh, coaching program are open. Um, so you can um, sign up for the program. I have a one on one program. I also have a group program, um, and that can be found at tripleimpact.co forward slash Diane. Um, and so, uh, until I, I was going until the 15th, but, um, I am extending that to the 29th cause I had a few glitches happen. So until March 29th, if you sign up for the program, you get a free, um, consultation with Katie uh, on style and figuring style in kind of doing, you know, the mom makeover kind of thing. So um, we're going to team up together to give you the most confident and feeling of being in control of your life that we can do. Um, So I'm also offering a free workshop coming up on the 20th. So that was going to be, um, on the 13th, but like I said, I I hit some glitches. So that's going to be on the 20th, which is a Saturday at 10 a.m. Central time. And so I will be having some advertising coming out about that and a link to where um, people can sign up for that. Um, So that's what I've got going on. I'm on Instagram. I'm not really huge. Um, I'm trying to get better. (laughs) (laughs) But I am on Instagram um, at Diane underscore Sorensen underscore. And that website that you mentioned, I want to make sure I get that from you. And I will put it in my show notes like that. I feel like is a thing I say all the time and I always forget. But I definitely want to put it in the show notes because I I am so 
in love with the work that you're doing. And I think it's so important. Hence, like I'm over here trying not to scream as you're talking about <laughs> us collaborating because I do believe it's so important to really take care of yourself yeah. before you can show up and help anyone else. And up until probably 18 months ago, I totally didn't believe in that. But now I just am walking proof of how that has shifted your life. So are you. So are so many other amazing women that we know. So I am so excited for women to take advantage. And who knew taking care of ourselves could help generations down the road. I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited. And it's going to be so fun. Um, So I want to make sure that we will put that uh, website in the show notes so people can get easy access to it and click straight through and your Instagram and everything like that. And it's going to be fucking magic. And I am all over the mom makeover because. (laughs) Yeah. And that website gives people lots of information um, on the programs. And there's also a link to my calendar. You they can get a free um, call just to connect and get the rest of their questions answered, you know, no obligation um, to that. Awesome. That's so amazing, Diane. I'm so excited. Um, This is great. And yeah, I cannot wait to share with everybody and help all these women grow and meet you and introduce them to some new ways of thinking and new ways of being so that we can take over the world. Yes. (laughs) Joking, but not joking. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Diane, for being here today. Thank you for having me. 